sorry to all my fans. I'm on a golf page and a lot of these dudes are old weirdos. Real weird. I think I know the man and, and I've and I love him. We love him. It's not about me. It's all about we. Hey, Blimp Boy, you talked about my mother the wrong way, man. Where's the first tee and what's the course record? I'm ready. This is episode 36. My name is Woody, and I'm joined with Pro K. What's up, man? What's going on? All right. So, um, big weekend. Um, I know you played some golf, taking advantage of the weather before it turns to snow up in Ohio. Um, Rory wins the CJ Cup or the CJ Plaque, um, the South Korean tournament that's played in South Carolina at Congaree. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't play any golf this weekend. However, me and my daughter did run around some corn mazes. We saw Black Adam, which, without any spoilers, it's a B minus. I would give it a B minus. It's some really cool stuff in the movie, but I didn't like the way it ended. It was kind of like they put all the effort towards the middle of the movie, and then they were like, "Oh, we got to wrap this up." And then they just kind of like put a bow on it real fast and and into the movie, but it's decent. I mean, if you're, if you're a comic, if you're a DC guy, you'll probably like it. Highly recommend it. Um, but I just don't think it's going to break any, any superhero movie records. Certainly not a Spider-Man movie, not a Batman movie. And, um, that was about it, man. Uh, watched a little bit of football. We both won a football pick as it stands now or a bet, I should say, but we still have a live one left on Monday night. So we're not going to talk about football. However, we both struck out with the PGA tour. Yeah. Unless you're counting the $5 bet that you lost that Ricky Fowler would finish. uh, You still haven't paid, which interest is growing at a hundred percent every day. Um, you bet $5 that Ricky Fowler would finish above Andrew Putnam. Are you okay in there, man? Everything all right in the closet? Yeah. That Andrew Putnam would finish below Ricky Fowler, and Andrew Putnam beat the dog snot out of him. By one. By one, and that's all it takes. So today we're going to talk about tournament preparation. Since we're winding up the year, and a lot of people up north, they don't have much time. I mean, I mean, real, realistically, when you got another month left of until you're really to the courses start closing. Uh, they don't close. They don't close up in Ohio. They do not. So if it snows and the ground is, they let you go out there and run around the greens when it's uh, like freezing. Yes. When it's frost, that destroys no, the they, greens, they doesn't it? A, they, when there's actual frost on the ground, they don't. But that's usually gone once the sun comes up pretty quick. Even if it's frozen? Sub like thir- in the 20s, nobody's going to be out there anyway. But in the 30s, it, it thaws out. I mean, they don't, I mean, they do frost delays down here. I mean, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen every right. year. If there's frost on the green, they don't want anybody walking on the green. No. They don't want the carts we, running on the course, nothing. We typically get out 
12 months a year. I, I find that hard to believe, but okay. We are, we are. What are you doing right now, bro? We, we, we talk, so I, I've, I don't know how many times I've talked with Proke about making unnecessary sounds in the background when he's talking <laughs> and he's literally sitting here. Like, I don't know if he's like, he's like rubbing out something in his closet. What were you doing right then? I was playing with a grip. Put the grip <laughs> down. I can't edit that out. So you guys are going to hear him masturbating a grip in the background. And I've told him not to do this. He has poor podcast background noise etiquette. Horrible. Yeah. Anyway, I, I apologize about that to all our listeners. Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, tournament prep. Um, winding down the amateur season. I mean, high school, college, they're not playing right now. It's, uh, I mean, USGA, I don't know if they have any more events this year uh, outside of like maybe some local stuff near, <laughs> nearby your club might have like a, like a winter series, a winter event or two coming up, but it's, it's scramble season. Oh, scramble season. Well, up here, I, I don't play in a lot of those to be honest with you, man. I know you're the scramble pro, but these, uh, what I wanted to talk about was more tournament prep of individual stroke play, individual match play not really team events or anything. Um, talk about multi-day event prep, uh, qualifier prep. And um, well, cause I mean, they're really, they're different. They're different setups. If you're playing an event that has multiple rounds, your preparation might be slightly different than if it's just a qualifier. I mean, a qualifier is a shootout. You either show up or you don't. Um, mm -hmm. And then just your everyday round of golf, your typical routine, maybe money games. You're playing with your buddies, money games at your club, or you're just going out and playing a round of golf and trying to shoot your best score. Uh, we talked last week about the mental approach. And I figured this is kind of like a, a part two to that, but not necessarily about the mental aspect of the game, but very specifically about having uh, preparing for the round of golf to play your best. And, um, specifically for our tournament guys out there, um, whether you're playing mini tours, you're playing professionally on amateur tours, you're playing amateur, um, state events, club events, or even USGA events. Um, hopefully we can add some, some good insight and some content for you guys and create a little bit of a, a discussion. So, um, pro K we'll start with qualifiers. Yeah. These are shootouts. These are uh, sometimes they're pre-qualifiers, which are money grabs. Actually, you know what? No, before we get into that, we, ha we, we have to, we have to do a shout out. There was a big event and we're only doing this because Chattanooga, Tennessee is a top, a, a consistent top five download city for our podcast. That it is. There was a TPC Chattanooga City Match Play Championship. Was that over the weekend? When was that? I think it was last weekend or so. Last weekend or sometime. And we're just it not getting around to recently. it. recently. Um, Proke's got the information. What, what's the course called? I was just looking it up again. I forgot. All right, cool. Um, big event. We wanted to give a shout out to... Uh, to a particular winner, a guy that won this event. He deserves all the recognition. He worked his butt off to get there. Um, Council Fire Golf Club. Council Fire Golf Club in Chattanooga, Tennessee, or 
around Chattanooga, Tennessee, I imagine. This is a city match play championship. So this guy is, you're talking about someone who's got a, a mental, I mean, he's a, he's a mental giant to play sure. match play. And I mean, how many rounds was it? Five rounds, five matches. I do believe five matches. I mean, that's survival. I mean, one, you're two, stud. One. this guy's a stud. This guy's probably been playing golf for a very long time. Probably has a lot of trophies in his closet. And he added one more, the TPC Chattanooga City match play. So, you know, a lot of times we give people hell here on the podcast. I mean, but I think it's time that we, that we, that we praise this guy. So take it away, bro. Tell us a little bit about this, uh, this event and, um, and who won. Yeah. The, uh, winner was Michael Rogers. He's a, uh, kind of looked up his handicap. It seems he had some really low ones in the spring and was struggling throughout summer, but turned it back on for the big city match play at the end of the year. Get Is the, it, po- get is the it possible that Mike caught our uh, our mental game show and maybe was it or did it was it released after? I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. Mike Rogers, well Mike done, Rogers. sir. Good the work. best player. The best match play player in Chattanooga, Chattanooga. Tennessee right now. The play, Possibly the player of the year in Chattanooga. I mean, he gets my vote for player of the year in Chattanooga. Definitely. Definitely. Is there anything else I'm missing with Chattanooga? Was that it? Was it just Mike Rogers? No, I think that was it. I wonder what the trophy looks like. I, it, I think it was crystal or glass. Probably glass. Probably looks good in his room. Probably yes. Would you would you put that on your on your coffee table in your living room? On the coffee table, probably not. No, it would go with the rest of them. What are you doing right now? <laughs> Playing with the grip again. <laughs> More of he's masturbating the grip again. You hear that sound in the background. <laughs> That's broke making unnecessary sounds in the background. <laughs> anyway, Mike Rogers, dude, we're proud of you, dude. From everybody here in the in the Clubhouse VIP production studio, all the way from uh, Proke's closet in his basement, um, and I'm sure in that the uh, Akron, Ohio, and all the way from the 2.7 million dollar condo overlooking the St. Johns River in Jacksonville, Florida. I salute you, sir. Well done. Well played. You are the best player in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And if you know who Mike Rogers is, shoot him, uh, shoot him a link to this podcast. Give him a shout out. We'd love for him to contact us. I mean, hell, we could probably send him a DVD. You want to send, if he contacts us, you want to send him a DVD from your closet? Yeah. What was that DVD? Well, no, that one's reserved for the, uh, for the, for the contest, which we have not hit. 14 subscribers yet on YouTube, but um, we're, we're, we're closing in. We also haven't put a video on there. We haven't put a video on there yet either, which by the way, I mean, I, it's not from a lack of trying. We're having some technical issues and um, we're working it out. We're still working that out. Nonetheless, we'll find a DVD. Um, was it, was it inception? Are you trying to get rid of the inception DVD? You got any golf related DVDs? Like the greatest game ever played or anything? I do. Uh, Tentatively, if we can get Mike Rogers to get a hold of us, 
Croke <laughs> will sign a copy of the greatest game ever played on. We think it might be Blu-ray. You think it's Blu-ray or just a regular DVD? No, it's probably Blu-ray. Okay. The good stuff. Only the good stuff here. Only the best. <laughs> and we will mail that to Mike Rogers as a little gift from the clubhouse VIP. For his big win. For his big win and being the best player in Chattanooga by winning the Chattanooga City Match Play Championship. Well done, Mike Rogers. All right. Now we're going to get into the tournament prep. Um, Pro K. We'll talk about qualifiers first. Then we'll talk about multi, multi-day yeah. events. So walk us through what you do. I was going to say maybe the day of, but preparations to start before the day of. So if you're playing an 18 hole qualifier, yeah, where does your preparation start and when does it start? So let's just say the, pardon me, let's say the qualifiers on a Saturday. So when would your preparation start? Oh, when I find out the course I'm playing, I'll look through it. Google, uh, Google maps, Get yardages. To Google Earth. Yeah, Google Earth, whatever. Get yardages, the bunkers from the tees. All right, usually, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. All right, so. I usually would, use. When, uh, but, but, but let's start here. When does it start? So if the, if the, if the event's on Saturday, right, it's an 18-hole qualifier on Saturday. Yeah. When do you start prepping? Like when does let's just talk about practice first. Like when do you start actually preparing to sharpen the knife, so to speak for this qualifier? How far out? I don't necessarily stop practicing at any time, but there's gotta be a time when you're starting to really start to focus on this particular qual, or, or do you not, or do you just, no. does your routine not change and you just play events throughout the year and this just happens to fall on a Saturday and you're just on a normal routine and then you just start no, doing it, does. it it'll change like a a no, local whatever nonsense event that's around here that's not a USGA qualifier or Ohio Am qualifier I will not change anything for these I'll I'll find the course and I'll make a yardage book ahead of time. And then they're never on the weekends. They're always during the week. And I will just, go. This is hypothetical. This is hypothetical. This is just throwing in. A, 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 so if it's on a Saturday, when do you make your yardage book? Uh, periodically. After whenever I sign up, I'll, when I got time, I'll make it. Jesus Christ, bro. We're looking for a day when this is preparation. I, I, don't I don't sit like Friday night and make a yardage book. Well, not the night before. God, I hope you don't. Cause I mean, you're playing, are you, let me ask you this. Are you playing a practice round? Yeah. Yeah. I, right, I, I like to like, let's take the four ball, for example, that I just played my partner and I work, we like to do it different. I like to play. I like to play the practice around the day before. He likes to take the day before off and not play at all. Well, he's probably older too, right? He's younger. No, he's not. No, that's right. He was a little bit younger, right? Right. Younger. right. This is a different one. Okay, but so I, that's interesting. I, but you like to play your practice around the day before. I like to play the day before. Don't keep score. 
one, the day before you have the advantage of the holes are usually marked on the green where the pin's going to be. So you can actually putt at the where the pin's going to be. So you get that advantage. And I'll just not keep score and hit shots so you can have a visual of good shots. Now, is this going for specific? Because we're specifically talking about a qualifier right now. Correct. Okay, an 18-hole qualifier. Mm-hmm. So, okay, a couple of things that I picked up out of that was you like to play the day before, um, and you said specifically because the holes should be marked. Like, where, where the, yeah, where the st- pin location They usually have a... Uh, dot on the green where the pin's going to be. So I also like to play the day before and it's, it's not even necessarily for that, um, which is important by the way, if you can have an idea where the, where the pin location is, that's, that's huge. Um, But more so like, I want to like, if you're playing the day before a qualifier, you're getting as close to the conditions you're going to face the next day outside of like a weird situation where it like rains a lot that day or if it's raining that day and it's not going to rain during your qualifier or or whatever right something along those lines but as far as like i mean the grass isn't going to be cut a whole lot different they might they might um trim the green and roll them depending on the course you're playing and depending on the event like the prestigiousness of the event right um but outside of that you're you're i mean the tee boxes are going to be pretty much the same the fairways are going to be the same the roughs are going to be the same the quality of the bunkers are going to be the same um you're you're seeing the course as close to you will see it the the following day and most Um, most usga qualifiers are even ohio am qualifiers most almost all actually all of them i believe are private so their conditions are going to be good they're going to be consistent. Yeah. Um, so, but, but the, with that being said though, playing it a, a couple of days before the event, you're going to see very similar conditions too. It's not like they're right. the rough is going to change by two or three right. inches or anything like that. Um, to me, it's just more of a, it's a mental thing and it's more of a routine right. um, that you're in. Right. Um, if you're, if you're used to seeing the course the day before, you should do that. If you're used to seeing the course two or three days before, you should do that. And honestly, a lot of guys that aren't playing the game professionally, you kind of have to play a practice round around your work schedule when you can get off work and not everybody can play the day before. Um, so you have to kind of take that in consideration where, as well. Uh, around here, I don't know how the schedules work elsewhere, but they're almost exclusively on Mondays. Yeah, I mean, when the course depending is closed, on the so you yeah, can go right. Sunday and you can usually schedule your practice around Sunday. Um, now, with that being said, as far as when you're when you're um, actually going to practice, uh, do your play your actual practice round. Um, sticking to the practice round theme, what does your practice round look like? I know you mentioned you do not keep score. I agree. I do not believe no, I, you should you should be playing to score on a practice round, and I'll tell you why in a second. But but tell me what your actual practice round looks like. Uh, if it's and it's usually I, I usually go to a different course every year just to see different places. But I'll usually take hit hit multiple multiple balls, multiple uh, shots off the tee. Which, to be honest with you, a lot of places you might not be allowed to do that. A lot of times they'll send out an email and saying one ball, that's it. Do not slow the group up in front of you. Um, well, I'm not going to do that either. So just FYI, just FYI, it, you might not be able to play three shots every single hole. Um, but it, it, if you're, I if it's not busy, you should definitely be 
maybe not I, playing multiple shots off the tee, but maybe around the green is where you should really well, take your I'll time. Play multiple shots off the tee on specific holes that it could be two different clubs, and you gotta see where where those clubs go. Okay, so hole number one, you, you tee off, you have a ball in your pocket just in case you need one. Um, what what is how do you how do you like what's walk us through not every single hole, but what walk us through what typically you do as far as a routine during your practice run? Well, I just hit go. I I just look at the course, see where where you want to come into from, where where you don't want to be where you do want to be. Well, let me ask you this. Do you what think side of the greens are not and everybody's different, but do you think it's like, would you ever play one, play a qualifier and not play a practice round like on purpose? No. Do you think no. it's ever a good scenario to where you see the course for the first time, like ignorance is bliss type of idea to where you get out there and just play each shot. Um, I mean, essentially uh, I, for I the first time, you're relying on a lot of dumb luck. If that, okay. if you're doing, well, that. there's people that do that. There's people that will maybe buy there's the a lot yardage of people book. That sign up for like USGA events or signing up to play that specific, just to play the course, course. Yeah. just to play that course. Yeah. They, right. they, if they play good, that's great. If they happen to catch lightning in a bottle, that's great, but they're not right. going out there with any intention of qualifying. Correct. Now, assuming you're going out there with intention to qualify, I think Proke and I would both be of the camp to where you should see the course before you go out there. I'm also with Proke to where you should go. So Google Earth is a free service. A lot of people, if you're a decade person, you already know about Google Earth. This is this is what Scott Fawcett uses. This is what he teaches with. It is a free service and you should take advantage of it. Now, with that being said, if your course has had any redesigns in the last year or two, it might not even it might be useless for the most part um, because it's not updated like daily or monthly. It could, right. I mean, the last time the course was seen on Google earth might've been a year ago or well, even longer. Get, you can but usually with, tell where old tea boxes are. And I just take a number from the back of the back tea box and then I could paste it off from there to wherever. We're well, and, off from. Yeah. So, okay. So this is what I'll say. Um, if I had to give an analogy using video games, um, the best gamers out there know the maps. Like if I were to jump on a video game right now and I were to play some like 10 year old dude who's been playing the game for a year, like outside of like response time and how quick he is to shoot and shit, his major advantage is knowing the map, knowing where to go, where not to go, where the blind spots are, where the the kill spots are, where the spawn spots are, like just knowing the map and think of it that way when it comes to a golf course, the guys who like you have to play well, like you can right. know the golf course, like the back of your hand and you just play like dog shit. It's not going to help you. However, um, if both guys are playing well, the guy who knows the course like the back of his hand is, is at a huge advantage knowing where you can miss it, knowing where you can miss it, knowing what is visually intimidating, however, maybe not as bad as it looks versus yeah. someone that's never played the course before. You look down the fairway, you're like, holy shit, I'm not and going left. Uh, and then you hit it right and you're fucked if you hit it right, right? But it looks like right. you're fucked if you hit it left. However, left is actually the play. And so, it's a lot of 
like I know it's different in Florida, but up here, a lot of the private clubs that like host the Cleveland qualifiers are are like Donald Ross and all those old golden age architects. So there's a lot of visual deception to where it looks like you can hit something and you can't, or you, it looks like you can't hit something well, and you P. can't. Dye is, P. Dye is renowned for that. P. Dye is a very specific designer right. to where P. Dye, he's, 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 he's literally trying to make you weird. shit your pants on each tee box. Right. He's trying to set you up for disaster on every single tee box. You just have to really trust your lines on the P. Dye courses. Right. I played the first qualifier I ever did was at, I don't know, it was two or three years ago. It was the first one I ever did. And it was at uh, Pete Dye Golf Club in West Virginia. And we we didn't play a pla- practice round. And I just stood on every tee and I'm like, I don't know if I where I don't know the line to hit this on. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, he, that's that's the magic. The that's the magic of Pete Dye designs. It's not necessarily the hardest course in the world, but it's <laughs> usually the most visually intimidating off the tee box. I think that's it's just right. like 17 at Sawgrass. It's an easy it's, hole. It's it's it's, it's a, a it's wedge. a it's a wedge. And the green is actually huge. Right. It's a giant green. It's got sections, but but as far as uh, landing right. it on land, dry land, it's a big, Should be pretty easy. with the wedge <laughs> in your hand, it's a big piece of real estate. Um, there's a lot of wind. There's some tricky wind that comes off that hole, mind you. But I mean, right. obviously, it's just visually intimidating. And the way that the green sits, it looks smaller than it is. Yeah. That that first qualifier, Pete Dye, I was paired with a kid from WVU, and that's their home home course. And he's telling me where that he was nice enough to tell me where to aim at. And I'm sitting there looking at him like, is this guy trying to he get felt me sorry hit for it? you? He's like oh, a little Pokemon feel bad for this guy. I was like, is this guy trying to get me to hit it somewhere stupid? Cause that seems stupid. Well, yeah. So with that been said though, um, what do you do? What do you do? on the golf course. So you, when you use in Google earth, the, the, the main, the main objective here for Google earth guys is to understand how far you have to run out of fairways, how far it is to cover a bunker, how far it is to cover or to, to reach a bunker, how far it is to reach the water out of bounds, so on and so forth. You're getting general numbers off in the general layout, the course layout from a bird's eye view. So you, I wouldn't say sit there and grind out. I mean, you might not even have to build like Proke builds a, a yardage book based off yeah. of it. I'm not even saying you have to do something like that, but maybe just take a note on each hole. Like all right, hole number one, I've got 320 to the bunker on the right. Something along those lines. And then, then when you go play your practice round, you're cross-checking all this information. But you don't need to like grind out these yard like grind out a yardage book like Proke might do. Proke's kind of a nerd. You have to understand that. Proke's a little bit of a nerd and he enjoys doing that sort of stuff. You don't have to do it that way. With that being said though, you've got on Google Earth, yeah. you've got your little makeshift yardage book. You're playing your practice round the day before. What does the practice round look like? I'm just trying to see how the ball reacts on the greens. How much rollout, how much spin you got to play. Uh, what actual like lines and targets are off the tee. 
Do you like playing practice rounds? Do you prefer to play by yourself or play with somebody? I prefer to play myself. It's it's rare for that to happen though. It's very, it's pretty rare. Yeah. And it's, and if you're going to play with someone, it's always better to, I mean, I always like to play with someone that's playing in the qualifier if you can, because the last thing you want to do is play with some guy that's like a 30 handicap. He's out there just fucking off and he's wondering what you're like, you know, what the hell you're doing thinking you're like playing on the PGA tour. The last USAM I did, I ended up, uh, is it country? country club and I ended up with one of the members and his kid who's like eight yeah and that's it's it's distracting for them and it's distracting for you um and it's yeah, you it's, got, it's, it's it, you end up having to make small talk about the golf about the club and whatnot and what he does for work yeah it, it, it's it's it, it reminds me of like if it, some people go out to, to parties to like just have a few beers and go home. Some people go out to parties and get coked up. You know what I mean? Um, you either need to be on the same level or not really participate in that little bubble. You know what I mean? Like there's not there's nothing worse than hanging out with a bunch of drunks if you're not drinking. You know what I mean? And that's kind of yeah. how I compare it to playing a practice round with folks that are not playing a practice round as well. It's not fun for either party, in my opinion. Um, right, because so w- you're, you're not really putting it whole. You're putting it a, a dot on the green, and they're trying to score. And you're trying playing to golf. shots from all over, yeah. Now, some people like to keep score during practice rounds. What's your thought on that? I know you said you don't like I, to do I, that, but why not? I've only done qualifiers for a few years, and I started out keeping score when I played it. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to play it and score and just play golf. <laughs> and then, first of all, the first thing I noticed is that sets an expectation for the round the next day, which is going to be right. way different because it's there's actual consequence. And then I played with uh, – I played a practice round with uh, two too many tour guys and uh, – a kid from Ohio State that's around here, that's like 30th am- ranked amateur. And I watched, I just watched how they did it. And I was like, oh, I should emulate what they do. They're way better than I am. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like keeping score either. Um, he, I was like, here's the problem. Ball into the green and then just pick it up. To me, no it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lose lose. Um, for one, let's say you play lights out and you, and let's say, let's just say you shoot in the, like the upper sixties, right? Just right. have a good round of golf. Now all of a sudden, yeah, you're confident. You're like, okay, cool. But let's be realistic. The it's super hard, especially if you're playing the day before it's really difficult. W- one reason why kids are amateurs and not professionals is a lot of people can shoot in the sixties. There's a lot of amateurs that can shoot in the sixties. There's not a lot of amateurs that can shoot in the sixties two days in a row. Three days Two in, rounds a in a row. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times, I mean, I kind of look at it like you kind of blow your wad a little bit. If you're out there, you kind of want to save them. I mean, maybe that's a superstitious thing. It might not be real. Some people might disagree with that. Um, I personally just, I know if I'm hitting the ball well. I know if I'm putting well. I know if I'm hitting the ball like dog shit or if I'm putting like dog shit. I know where I need to work. I don't need to keep a score to know right. how that is, how I'm playing. <laughs> And it, like you said, it sets a, it sets a, right. sets an and expectation. A lot of times, but if you play like dog shit too, 
like now you have zero confidence. You have right. like it, it's it, it's lose lose either way you look at it. In my opinion, to where to me it's better to actually the mission should be going out to the golf course to scout the golf course to right. it, 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 again, back to the gaming analogy. If you're playing some, some punk ass kids online tomorrow, today you need to go in there and play the game, not try to set any personal best uh, kill death ratios. You need to go in there and understand how the map is, where the guys that are, that, how they're playing the map, so on and so forth. Learn, right. learn the, um, learn the maze, so to speak, before you actually have to go right. into the maze. And that's what, uh, and as, assuming that a lot of them you're going to go in with having minimal to zero rounds at that golf course, you're going to have – there's going to be drivable holes, par fives. Uh, the sand's going to be different than the courses you play all the time. And you want to hit out of that, hit different clubs into the par fives, see what drivable holes you're going to see where the – a driver goes where a layup would go based on, and then you adjust for the conditions the next set. So you said you like to you go up there and one just shot and kind and of put it, put it on the greens and understand like where, like, um, what, what are you looking at on the greens? I'm going to see where I want to know where, above, especially knowing where the pin is going to be. It's different if you don't know where the pin is. I'll mark down on the green part of the, the book, like where the big slopes are, which direction they go. And occasionally if they're if there's a like big uh, two tiers, I'll walk off the paces from the front of the green that it is relative to the center since you'll have a pin sheet. But I just want to know where not to short side myself. Yeah. So, um, and I'll piggyback on that. So throw away shots. So, and are you consistent on every hole doing the same thing? Every single hole? Are you looking for the Uh, same information on every hole? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should be, if you're not, then you're doing it wrong. You definitely should be doing whatever you decide to do as far as scouting. First of all, you need to be scouting the golf hole. You need to be scouting 18 different golf holes. Um, That's the idea of the practice round. Um, Some people might want to go out there and play games and and simulate pressure. And I mean, go do you. Um, Everybody's got their different style. I know Mickelson and a lot of them boys like to play gambling games on Tuesdays, you know? Right. But they're also playing it more than one day. Right. And they've probably played those courses a bunch too, right? right? It's probably not the first look. Where if you like walk off tiers and greens, you can look at the pin sheet and know and not just guess like, oh, I I am because they're going to stick pins close to tiers. And now, let's say you don't know the pin, where the pin's going to be, though. Let's right. just pretend you don't know where the pin's going to be. Right. Because a lot of times you're not well, going that's to. Fine. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they often put pins in more difficult spots. So if you know paced off from the left, right, front, back, where tiers are on greens, then you can definitively say once you have a pin sheet, okay, this is on the top of it opposed to the lower tier, top tier. And you could play your shot. Let's say you got a a two-foot tier that's like seven degrees of slope. 
and the pin's one yard on top. You have a you have a pin sheet that tells you how far it is, but it doesn't say whether it's on top or bottom. The you pacing off the top of that slope from the front of the green the day before says I need to adjust to be on top of that tier and not miss short. Right. And, and so the, the, when it, when it comes to one day qualifiers, you probably should be spending as much time as possible around the greens and understanding like right. a lot of people listening to what you're saying right now might be like, dude, this guy's lost his mind. I'm not fucking worried about one yard off the slope here or there. But when it comes to a qualifier, like, well, here's the deal. You have to be playing well if you're playing in a qualifier and you're going to get through. You can't, you can't fake it in an 18 hole qualifier. So if you're not playing well and it's just off, it's an off day. None of this fucking matters. Just go out there and just hit the ball, have fun and just try to shoot your best score, try to score the best you can. But guys, guys that are, that are zoned in, um, the difference of landing on the same level as the hole could be a three putt or it could be a one putt. Um, whether it's 12 foot or 20 foot or whatever it might be, um, right. there's just certain sections of the green that you can't be on if you want to score. Um, this is all about scoring. Now, with that been said, um, I, I approach, uh, actually, I approach qualifiers. Um, like if I'm doing an 18 hole qualifier, I'll spend more time specifically on the green um, and really understanding the nuances of the green. Um, if it's a multi-day qualifier or if it's a tournament, I'll spend more time around the green. Um, Cause again, if you're in a qualifier, par is a good score. You can't make bogeys. You cannot make bogeys. So you're going to have to get up right. and down, but more so you're going to need to hit greens. You're going to need to have putts at birdie. Um, that's where you're right. going to qualify from is, 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 or if you're playing in a, um, like a golf channel, amateur tour, a golf week, amateur tour event, regardless of what flight you're in, um, uh, you're going to want to be able, you're going to, you're going to need to be able to get up and down, but more specifically, you need to give yourself opportunities at birdie, or if you're in a higher flight, you need to give yourself opportunities at par, um, in order to win these things. Um, the guys who right. win always shoot better than the, their handicap always. Um, now with that being said though, what I like to do is I do the same thing. I'll go on Google earth. I might not go through as much detail as Proke does. Uh, again, I'm just looking for what's the cover on this bunker. Where's the water? Where's the OB? How far to the trouble? And I'm just taking general notes. And I honestly don't print out a yardage book. I'll just bring my phone with me and I'll use the reference on my phone. I'll just take screenshots from Google earth. I do everything on my phone. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like doing that because there's, I get way too many notifications on my phone. Get distracting. You people never so, stop oh, talking. Oh, you're talking about. Well, you gotta <laughs> yeah. turn the you gotta, you gotta turn the chat notifications off if you're out playing a practice round. No, no, no distractions. But with that being said, what I typically do is um, I prepare for the for the event at least a week before. If I got a qualifier on a Saturday, probably the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the week before, I've already got my yardage book out. I've already got all that stuff made. Um, and depending, like if I'm playing a course that's longer that I know that is going to be, um, maybe not as many birdies and par is going to be a little better score. I'll take, um, uh, or if it's a tighter course, open, more open course, depending on where I think the strength of the, of the, of the style of play is needed. And I'll work on that more 
leading up to it. If I think putting is going to be the most or, or ball striking is going to be the, the most important on this specific course, I will work on distance control pretty much the whole week going into it. If I think it's going to be like a putt out, there is just the best putter wins. I will spend a ton of time on speed control and working with my mirror uh, leading up to it. If it's a course that's wide open, but it's a little longer, I'll just, I'll, I'll make sure I'm hitting my driver solid. Um, so I kind of, I kind of prepare for that specific qualifier. Now, with that been said, tee to green, your course has got to, I mean, your, your, your game has got to be good. Great. It's got to be, everything's got to be working good, but there, there are horses for courses. There are certain courses that might not be as long, but they, I mean, you cannot get sideways with your driver. Um, and I will approach those courses differently depending on the layout or what's in front of me. Now, with that being said, the practice round, I also like to play the day before and I will hit a ball off every tee. I do not hit two balls. Um, even if one goes out of play, whatever, I'm just going to go drop one somewhere around the area that I think my drive is going to be not necessarily in the middle of the fairway, but I'm, I'm trying to understand what the angle looks like to the hole. Um, not necessarily playing the angle, but, um, I am paying attention to it to where, uh, where my least, we're, we're, if, if I've got like a long iron, for instance, out of the rough, I want to make sure that I'm not trying to carry a bunker in front of the green. Um, I want to play that shot to where it can run up the uh, maybe, the, maybe even it's just to the right of the green. So I'm just paying attention to, like, again, understanding the map of the, the video game, just understanding the layout of the course and how the designer wants you to play it and the best way to play it. Now, with that being said, when I get up to the green, I more more than likely I, I do two things. I find the the safe miss. Like if there's a bunker you cannot be in, I won't even practice out of that bunker. I'm going to the area where the miss is where the miss is invited. If short right is the miss, I'll drop a couple of balls short right and chip to the front part of the green and chip to the back of the green. Just understanding right. how the green receives that chip from that area. If there is a bunker on a par five, for instance, that is inviting for a miss, I will drop a couple of balls in that bunker and hit some shots out of it to different parts of the green. Play into your percentages is what I'm doing. If I know that there, if you can't miss the ball left, I'm going to tell myself in during the practice round, you cannot miss this shot left. So you are going to lean more to the right. You're going to set your target line a little bit more to the right, um, which would be more of a decade target line, right? Decade tells you to do stuff right. like that. So um, I'm going to favor that side of the hole. And I'm also going to practice on that side of the hole when I get up to the green. Now, when I'm on the green, I don't even put to a, to a specific spot unless I know exactly where the pin's going to be. The two things I do is I go to the very back of the green and or the front of the green, depending on which side. And I'm putting to the opposite side of the green, north and south. And then I do the same thing east and west. And what I'm looking for is I'm trying to understand the slope of the green and where what is uphill and what is downhill. Um, sometimes something looks uphill, but it isn't. Sometimes something is shaped like a bowl. Sometimes something is shaped like a turtle shell. So I want to understand how the green moves, not so much for the putting, but for the iron shots that come into the green. And then, um, I just make little notes on it. If I can get a yardage book from the pro shop, I'll do it. Or I'll just make little notes on my phone or on the scorecard itself and just say, okay, this green is left to right, right, uh, left to right, front to back. So I understand where the general slope is on that green. Um, that's all I do. I don't get too technical with it. It's just every single hole. It's the same way. Um, hole number one, you want to be 
right fairway, right rough. On the green, you want to be short right. When you're on the green, you know, front to back, left to right, or whatever it might be. I'm just taking these little notes, just like a little guide before I go out and, um, and I do that on every single hole. And that's if it's just a, a one day qualifier. Um, I usually won't do the chipping though. If it's just a one day qualifier, I, I mean, if I'm if I'm having to chip every hole, I'm not I'm not qualifying. Um, those are a multi day events, or if I am um, uh, preparing for a multi day qualifier. Uh, with that being said, it's usually just putting around on the green and really trying to understand the greens and trying to understand where the, uh, where, how the ball is breaking. Um, but I do, the big thing I do is I really prepare for that event. I prepare for that course. Um, luckily in Jacksonville, I've played all the courses in Northeast Florida about 7 billion times. So I know what each course asks from the golfer. I know what type of golfer each course, and we have a lot of out of bounds. A lot of the courses here are tight because of hazards. Right. So I kind of know what I'm getting into already, but you like to go play courses you never played before. Yes. Yeah. I like to, uh, that's a tough way to make a living in qualifiers. It is. I've played a couple of the same, uh, the mid am I've played all always at the same place and I'm pretty sure I'm going to switch. Cause do you, do you approach are- multi-day? Do you approach multi-day any different than your single day qualifiers? We don't have multi-day qualifiers. Or multi-day tournaments? Uh, no, not really. I'll I'll play. Uh, you still would just one like say if you got like so our city championship is three days. Mm-hmm. Would you will you play if you had a like a three day tournament? Would you only play the one practice round? Uh, like the the Ohio Open is two courses. I'll play both. Oh, so they play two separate courses. Well, then you have to play two. Yeah. But uh, if it's the same course, I'll only play one. If it's a three-day event, do you still play your practice round the day before the event? Yeah. Okay. So no matter what. If possible, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like to play the day. Now, I like to play into it. I don't like like the day off. I don't like. So what I do do is I do do what I do do. What I've done in the past is I, I still play up the same way. I still play the, the qualifier the day before, but I will take the day off of practice before I play the practice round. So I'm not playing like five days leading up to it. Like I'll give myself a rest day. And that's, I mean, if you're 20 years old, maybe you don't need a fucking rest day. You know what I mean? But when you're a little older, right? it's nice to be able to take a day and just chill. Do you take any breaks whatsoever leading up to it? Or are you just practicing every day, grinding every day into it? I'll, uh, like when I practice, it's usually, I usually walk, but I'll, I'll cut down to, uh, like a day or two days before, three days before I'll only, uh, I'll only chip a putt and stay around a green. I'll cut down on what I do at the gym. Yeah. So speaking of the gym, you did say that you will work out if you have an afternoon tea time, you'll, you'll do a workout in the morning. Um, is that typical? Like, are you working out every morning? Uh, it's usually in the evening. Cause I, I work, I start work at 6am. <laughs> so you, so you typically work out in the evening. So you'll change up your, your normal biological workout clock to work out in the morning. If you're playing in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. That part of the routine it doesn't bother you at all. No, 
No, because I'd rather do it. I don't like doing it after golf. I don't like working out after golf. Usually, All right. I don't know. I'm a. I would say I'm a. Especially on the golf course, I would put myself in the uh, mental midget category. So um, weird and things that I do. So weird I, rules. Like I'm drained. Because I stress myself out playing golf, and I'm mentally drained after playing golf. Right. Well, a lot of people are. A lot of people are. Um, so th- th- things that I that I as far as routine stuff goes, like um, I have to be awake three hours before my tea time. If I tee off at seven thirty, I have to be awake no later than four thirty. That's yeah, just something that my my body has to. I have to be able to get up, go to the bathroom. Like I have to have enough time right. to have my full routine. Yeah, I get that. In order to be mentally prepared when I get, because I I have to have about an hour. I can probably, I mean, I've never really timed myself. I just know an hour is like perfect for me. But it's probably like fifty minutes. My warm up pre round. You show up at hole three. Um, <laughs> It wasn't a qualifier. Fair enough. But I, yeah, I, um, I, I thought the tea time was at three something. It was at two something. So I was late, but, um, that was for a casual round of golf, but no, I have to be awake three hours. And when I say awake for three hours, like I, even if it's like a, uh, like a noon tea time, I'm obviously going to be awake by nine o'clock, but I mean, once nine o'clock hits my hundred percent of my focus goes to the round of golf. Like everything mm-hmm. I do from nine to 12 is in preparation specifically for that round of golf. It doesn't start when I right. pull the bags out of the trunk at the golf course. It starts specifically right. three hours before my tea time. Yeah. You're going through, through the golf course in your head and whatnot. Well, it, it's not even specific to like meditating about that sort of stuff. It's just, I put everything else behind me. If, if there's, if there's bills that need to be paid, if there's woman problems, um, you know, family problems, work right. problem, like everything leaves my brain. So like everything that I'm thinking about is, is a mental preparation. I'll worry about when I get done and I will worry about it when I get done with the round of golf, but I've learned from experience that I have had shit on my brain during my warm-up sessions and it it's yeah it's, just it's learn tough. from from mistakes right i've, I've just mm-hmm. done it so many times that i know what works for me and what doesn't work for me i need three yeah. hours to mentally and physically prepare my body and mind to give the best shot possible to play the best golf possible yeah. now if i'm playing a casual round of golf it doesn't fucking matter like like you said i right. showed up fucking on hole number three right yeah i don't i don't put much uh and do a casual round of golf. I just show up. And it, even the driving even, range, I'll show up earlier. I'll hit some balls just so, so that I'm not. So with that being said, I mean, you, you might not even realize this, but you might have like a three hour thing too. I don't know if you're waking up that early um, well, to prepare for it, but you, you do, like you said, you like to have a workout. Like, like there's a routine that you go into right. to prepare for these sort of things. But my issue is I'm still, I'm pretty new. I didn't grow up playing golf at all. So I'm pretty new to trying to figure out what works best for me. I haven't and figured you it have out to, yet. I mean, keeping a journal is really good. 
It's got Guys, better, but it's not, it's not great yet. If anybody's listening to this that plays on like mini tours and stuff or plays like in college or something along those lines, like you guys might already do something like this, but keeping a journal of like, what did I do today to prepare for this event and really yeah, taking like a, like a, like a, like timestamps and writing it down. Like, this is what I did at this time. This is what I did at this time. And then maybe after like a few events, a few months of this journal, you go back and you'll see a pattern, right? You'll see what you were doing and you might not even notice it, but if you keep a very disciplined journal on a notepad or whatever it might be, and you have like yeah. three or four months of events in preparation for this and routine, you'll, you'll start to see a pattern about what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Yes. Um, I started that in the spring and noticed some stuff. And I mean, it, it, that even goes to like what you eat in the middle of your round. Some people love sandwiches. Some people hate sandwiches. Some people like peanuts. Some people hate peanuts. Some people love chips. Some people hate chips, candy bars, whatever it might be. Like there's like keep notes on everything. Like um, what works for me. I like peanuts. Um, and I what I've noticed is I need to eat something every three holes. So on the tee box of every three of the, every third hole, I'm downing a bunch of peanuts. Some people love bananas. I mean, it's just whatever. It, I don't think it necessarily matters like what you're eating as long as you're putting calories in your body and there and it's not like sugar. Right. I don't think the sugar is good for you, but that, I'm not a nutritionist either. But, um, but just I, I found that. There's, there's times where I get so focused on the game and I'm like, so in the game, like next thing I know it's hole number 11 and I haven't put any food in my body. Then by hole number 13, I have no fucking energy. It just, it just goes away. It's like, I get super lethargic. Like my seven iron isn't going the distance that I am assuming it's going to go. So on and so forth. Like all of a sudden my five yard cut is now a 15 yard slice it's just all it takes is just a little tiny bit to be off. And then it, yeah, it doesn't it's take an a exponential lot. error occurs. So being disciplined enough to understand, like I need to eat every sixth hole. I need to eat every second hole, every third hole, whatever it might be. But keeping that sort of shit in your journal too is super important. Um, and th- th- this is, this is more for tournament style guys. Now the guys that are going out playing around a golf, um, with their buddies or playing in a playing in a, a gambling game at their club or whatever, maybe it's not so important to, to to keep track of this sort of stuff. But what is important for everybody? Now we're talking about tournament prep and prepping into these events. Um, Pre round warm up should be pretty consistent for both people, the people that are playing in tournaments and the people that are not playing in tournaments. Now, maybe guys that aren't playing in tournaments are, they already got a four and a half round of golf in front of them. Their wife is not going to let them go out and warm up for an hour and a half before that. I mean, well, even if they don't I get all involved, that, it should, their warm up should involve stuff that's going to keep them from getting hurt. Well, and that's the, it, before we wrap this up, is this, this episode got, uh, got long fast. Um, but I, I do want to talk about just a, a typical routine. So what, what is your pre round routine, which by the way, if you play in tournaments, you're mentally going to maybe do things a little different to prepare for the tournament than you would a casual round, but physically it should be pretty consistent because like you said, the whole point of the, of the, of the warm up, the first objective is to warm the body up. They call it a warm up for a reason. You don't right. want to go out there cold and start swinging a golf club 120 miles an hour on the first tee. Correct. 
I would like to swing at 120 miles an hour ever. So what, what is, what is your, what is your pre-round warm up look like? Like how, like how much time do you need to give yourself at the golf course? I usually on a, for a tournament or qualifier, I'll between an hour and hour and a half, I'll get there before the tea time. Hour and a half is long. I mean, that's a long time to prepare. So what do you do for an hour and a half? I'll start off chipping and putting. I'll hit some balls. I'll hold do on, that. hold on. You got to be more specific. So we're talking a tournament round. You should have a very specific routine that you do every single time. It should be not change at all. So when you say I, I do some chipping and putting, be more specific. What are you doing for a tournament round before, when you're when you're pre- right, preparing I, for I the round? The, I start at the uh, chipping green. I'll chip, see how the ball is reacting on the greens, see how the sand is. Go to go to the putting green and hit some lag putts. See the try to get to speed a little bit. So you like to you like to chip first and then you putt. Yeah, and, and specifically, it's lag putting. Yes, uh, I'm not at that point. I don't care. I'm not even look. I'm not even looking at the ball. I'll look at the hole and hit it. And see how hard I will sw- sw- hit it to go that distance. And I'm watching the hole. Don't care about any mechanics, nothing. I just want to hit the ball and see where it goes, speed wise, to the a hole that's far away. All right. And, and then I'll, what do you do? Then what do you do after I'll that? Go over to the range, uh, get loose, and hit balls. I'll usually. At the very end, I'll uh, the last thing I'll do is hit hit the tee shot that I'm going to hit. I'll simulate the tee shot from one. All right, that's what Tiger does. That's a Tiger move. I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying that's a, that's a Tiger thing. Yeah. That's what and Tiger then does. I'll go back and hit some uh, hit some short putts around the hole to see him go in with different breaks before I go to the tee. All right. And I think a lot of people would find that pretty similar. So, um, an hour a little- and a half is, I allow that time because a lot of the stuff around here, we know a lot of people. So there's BSing going on. Oh, I don't give a fuck. Like, so that's where we're different. So, um, I put headphones. Do you wear headphones or no? I do on the range. I do. Okay. Yeah. So the moment I get out of my car, headphones are in my, in my ears, like, and it, I check in, if people acknowledge me, it's not a, I might shake their hand. I'd be like, good luck to you, man. Like I, it, it, and it's, it, here's the deal. I allow myself about, I say one hour, I round it up to one hour. It's probably more like 50 minutes. And this is my philosophy when it comes to warming up. I want to, I feel like if you spend too much time warming up, you psych yourself out. There's too much shit to think about. You are putting too much you're you're allowing negative thoughts to enter your brain if you don't give yourself enough time you start to rush and your heart rate goes up you start sweating and now all of a sudden like you're out of it's the exact opposite of too much time like too much time you're too bored like you're letting too many thoughts into your brain and now what am i going to do on this hole what am i going to do in this it's just you're inviting the devil to give you negative thoughts and it's the exact opposite when you're rushing yeah, you're not really thinking about anything, but you're you're literally scrambling to get everything done to get to the first tee. And that's not that's a negative mindset as well. You're mm-hmm. not prepared. You're not loose. You're tight. Yeah, I've so been late the, the, before the, it's not. 
I really hate I hate that more than too long. Sure. I, I mean, if you're going to if you're going to favor one side or the other, you definitely want to get there a little bit more early than a little bit late for sure. Um, but I won't. So even if I get there, let's say I get there an hour and 20 minutes before my tea time, I will not start my prep, my, my warm up until 50 minutes before 55 minutes before. Um, right, that's what I mean. There's I get there an hour and a half. Like, like, I like once I once I start my warm up. Like there's no more chit chatting. There's no more talking. Like I'm it, uh, like, right. it's right. not, it's, there, there's, there's time in a place for everything. That's not the right. time or place to chit chat. Um, and this is what works for me. It's not necessarily what works with everybody. Some people might disagree. Some people might be like Fred Couples and they want to be very loose out there. They want to just shoot the shit. And they, t- I mean, there's always right. those guys. I, do when I get, but I get there an hour and a half early. So I, the first thing I do is I walk to the putting green. And all I'm doing um, is getting the speed. I'll, I'll, I'll putt cross country. I'm just putting from one side of the green to the other side of the green. Maybe not like 200 feet, right? But I'm, I'm right. putting, you know, 30, 40, 50 footers. Right. And, just, and I'm trying to get Didn't the two like, balls. To, like, I'm trying to get the two balls to be within like a couple of feet of each other, if not touching. And I do that maybe for like five, six, seven, eight minutes. Just to get an understanding of like what kind of green speed we're dealing with. The, n- nothing exact. I'm not going to give myself a hard time if I'm not, if my speed's a little off. The goal is when, before I walk off the green, I want to have an idea of what the general speed looks like on lag putts. I don't chip after this. I used to chip after that and do what you did. Um, I saved that for the very end. So then I immediately go to the driving range. I start with a... Um, I do. So what I do is I do five, um, usually it's 56 degrees. So I carry a, a 60 bent to 59, 56 bent to 55 and a 52 bent to 51. So I'll take the middle wedge, which is my 56 bent to 55 and I'll, I'll hit five shots. And then I hit five shots with my pitch wedge. All of these balls, by the way, every single iron I hit on the, on the, on the, on the driving range is like 75%. It's like, right. like I'm hitting my, like if I hit a seven iron, I'm, if I have my full seven irons, like 175, 180, somewhere in there, I'm hit, literally hitting this 165 yards, maybe 160. Like everything is 75% from the, from the 56 like, I degree. A, I heard a quote from uh, Jessica Corda that before a round of golf on the driving range, she does not care where the ball goes. All that she oh. cares about is that it hits the center of the face. Right. And, and, and that you, it's, it's finding the bottom. What I'm trying to do is find the bottom of the golf swing. I'm trying to not be fat. I'm trying to not be thin. I'm trying to not be inside out, right uh, out to in. I'm trying to square my path and find the bottom of the golf swing. And that I will hit. So let's just say typically, and I'll switch it up. That way I don't wear out one particular club, but I'll go 55 degree to pitching wedge, eight iron, six iron, four iron. And then I'll switch that up. Sometimes it'll be 60 degree, 52, nine, seven, five, right? Um, I carry up to a four iron. And then I will hit, um, then I'll hit some drives. And when I, when I, when I get to driver though, I'm hitting like maybe two or three drives just to find the middle of the face. But then before I, I mean, I'm hitting a few drivers though, full speed. I need to, I need to warm up by that time. By the time I reach my driver, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get as much out of that driver to see what, see where the ball is going. That's the only club I hit at a hundred percent. And, um, I, I also look at the first tee, the last ball I hit off the tee, um, 
is uh, typically it's a driver. I mean, they're usually first tee shots. I mean, it's either three wood or driver. It's very rarely it's going to be a four iron off the first tee. Just the type of courses we play here. It's there's not a lot of like, let's just say there's not a lot of shots off the first tee that they're demanding a 230 yard shot. It's usually a full, a full driver or three wood. So I'll hit one or two of those to prepare for the first one. And then I go directly back down to my, my bottom club, which is the 56 or 60. And I just hit flop shots, like little, like high pitch shots that are like 50 yards, hit a half a dozen of those. And I'm, I'm, I'm hitting no more than like four or five shots with each club. I'm not wearing out these clubs. So I'm just like pop, 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 pop. I'm creating a rhythm when I'm, when I'm hitting these balls. And then I go to the chipping green. I hit some short chips, hit a couple bunker shots, and then I go to the putting green. I try to make five putts in a row, like three, three to five feet. Just all I'm trying to do is if I make the first five, I'm done. And I go to the first tee. That's my warm up, and I, I can I consolidate that into like about 50, 55 minutes. Um, that's what I do. And then it doesn't give me any time to think about anything negative. I've I've worked out my whole body is loose by now, and I've hit pretty much every shot I feel, I feel confident going in into it. And then we just start playing golf and I don't think about anything technical after that. At least I try not to No. So, but that's something that I've had to practice. I mean, you have to practice the practice to know what works. Um, that's through a lot of trial and error. I mean, what works for me might not work for someone else. And I'm not the greatest golfer in the world, but that's just how I have to prepare for a round of golf that matters. If I'm playing around with my buddies, I might not go into that detail. Like, for instance, I might not go to the putting green two different times. I might just go once. I might wait to the very end of my warm up to just putt once. Um, I might not chip at all. I might just do my short game stuff on like when I'm warming up like with my wedge or something, you know what I mean? Um, and that, that'll cut out 20, 30 minutes right there of the warm up. So, um, it just all depends on the round of golf. Is there anything special you do in preparation? Like as far as breakfast that you eat or any food that you eat in preparing, like I don't eat breakfast at all. So it's hard for me to eat food in the morning. That's why I have to feed myself every three holes. Do you eat breakfast? If so, is it a light breakfast, heavy breakfast? Typically eat breakfast, but I try to eat, before tournament day. See, to me, I've thought about that and I've done it, but that's changing. It goes back to routine. Like I would never do anything it different is, for the. I, I don't, I sit at a desk at work, so I don't expend energy. So I don't need to eat a actual meal at a breakfast. I sit at a computer. Right, but do you have you ever thought of it like? And I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. I get what you're saying. It's it changes your uh, the chemical reaction. I mean, you're, your putting cal- you're putting calories yeah. in your body. I mean, it's going to change a lot of stuff in your body. Your body's going to be like, "Hey, what's this? Why is it here?" Yeah, and just the just the, the the normal routine of it, where your body's not used to digesting stuff that right. early in the morning. I, I yeah. Do you, do you, are you a guy that, that drinks Gatorade on the course? Do you only drink water? Do you drink soda? Like what's uh, your water, water only? I have to, I, that's the thing I'm not great at is forcing myself to eat or drink anything. I'll usually would, be so like worried about what I'm doing that I forget to eat 
or drink anything. Do you do you bring anything with you, like ever? I, I mean, that could be a problem. Stuff. I always bring uh, like mixed nuts and stuff and water, and I almost always have it left at the end of the round. Like, oh, I should have eaten something. I don't know how you make yourself do it, other than. I mean, you, you could always, you, you could always, I mean, you could always do something too, to where you're like, after every bogey you eat, after every birdie you drink, and if you make all bars, you die. <laughs> you could have yeah. just said they're eating like a buffet. Like you just start bogeying every hole. You're like, man, I've, I've eaten like seven corn dogs. I've had uh, <laughs> three bags of sunflower seeds. Ran out of food. Um, but no, I think it meant, all right, listen, anybody out there that's listening to this, I don't care if you're 18 years old or if you're 50 years old, if you're not eating during a round of golf, like you're doing something wrong. If you're not eating something, something reasonable, like, like even at that, like it's better to eat a candy bar or like fucking fruit roll ups than eat no. nothing to, no, no, versus not. nothing. No, you got to put something in your butt. No, you got to put something in your eat, body. Eat candy. You need, well, I'm saying you've got to put, cause you're expending calories, dude. You got to understand your brain is feeding off the calories too. And I'm not a fucking nutrition scientist, but I do know that your blood sugar level is going to be off if you're not eating anything. Now, should do I do I think you should be eating sugar? No. But if you told me my options are eat nothing or eat candy, I would say don't eat a lot of candy, but it's something. It's it's calories. It's some it's intake, it's fuel for your body. It might not be clean fuel, like if you're gonna eat, but it's that, fuel. I would say it has to be at the end, end of the round. Because if you eat all that sugar, or even at the turn, you eat a hamburger, hot dog, and it's all greasy. You can't be heavy. Yeah, I wouldn't say eat something. He- like it has to be a little bit at a time. It's sprinkles. Like you're gonna crash before the end of the round, dude. If I eat something heavy, I'm gonna take a nap. Like and I then feel you're gonna lethargic. Be like, man, I really wish I didn't bogey the last four holes because I ate like crap. I, I I almost want it to be like a carrot in front of me that I'm chasing. Like I just get a little piece of it every once in a while, like a little piece of it. Like, but I'm constantly moving towards. I, I never want to feel heavy. I want to avoid feeling heavy, <laughs> and that goes the same way. Like people can get that way with drinking. So here in Florida, it's really easy to get heat stroke into. Into, um, I mean, it's really easy I've to not it's drink. Really even easier in like Phoenix, where it's dry heat, you just sure. stop sweating. That makes sense. Um, but it, but here, I mean, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of um, not drinking anything for three or four holes, sweating my ass off. Uh, literally, um, it's fucking humid as hell, uh, super super hot, and then I just like chug a bottle of water. Then I'm fucked for the next two holes because now I've got like I'm like water. Like have you ever like drank so yeah. much so fast to where like literally when you walk it's like slushing inside you. It's like a horrible <laughs> feeling. It's not great. So that's not good either. Like you know, it's better than not drinking anything. You definitely want to. I mean, I would rather chug a bottle of water than not have water. But it's 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 more efficient and it's more ideal to take a few sips on every tea box before you tee off. Not a bunch, just sip, 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 yeah. go tee off. Um, I maybe also don't if, usually have a caddy, so you got to manage. Like, I don't want to be carrying 
five bottles of water with me because it's heavy. That's going to add. Well, but you can, a lot of energy. events are in carts now. A lot of events are in carts now. You just get, no you USA bring a, events are in carts. Well, so there's very few compared to how many tournaments are out there, dude, like USGA events are very small. We're talking about state events, your state golf association, like FSGA is a huge here in Florida. The Florida state golf association is huge. Yeah. All card no, events. Our local stuff, other, the state am you have to walk the state open. You can ride and pretty um, much every your other golf week amateur tour. Listen, there's a lot of guys that play on these like weekend hero right. golf yeah, events. They, they can all ride. They're all riding. You shouldn't. I mean, ride. more people are riding than walking. Yes. Now by, you by should, you, you, regardless, you should always like, I wouldn't just bring a bottle of water. I would bring like a, like a, not like a huge thermos, but I'd bring something that could be refilled. That's another thing I used, I changed it recently is like, the, I would always walk any, I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not giving up that. The energy expended, even though I'm it's not so tired, much. even though I'm, I don't get, t- I'm in good enough shape that I don't get tired walking 18 holes. It's. Well, you're not eating. So you're not, you're, you're all you're doing is draining energy. You're not putting anything back to, in compared to everybody else. I'm expending way more energy than they are. But if you're eating as much as you're expending, then it's going to be a net zero, but you're not, you're telling me you're not eating anything. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, at, really, I mean, yeah. dude, imagine being in a fucking long distance race with somebody in cars and you just on your own well, decide yeah. to poke a hole in your gas tank. You're like, Hey, let's make this, let's make this a little more fun. I'm going to poke a hole in my gas tank and you run on a Tesla, a solar powered Tesla. And I'm just going to poke about three holes in my gas tank and we'll, we'll see what happens when we get to the finish line. Yeah, dude. I mean, you've got a, this is all about back to the mental side again. This is all about being disciplined. This is another part of the mental game. Mm. You have to be mentally disciplined and have foresight to understand immaturity to understand. So a lot of this is laziness too. I'll be honest with you. I'm not saying you're lazy, but if you're not bringing snacks, crackers, peanuts, whatever it is, sandwiches, that's lazy. I bring it. I just don't eat it a lot of the time. If you're not eating it, then that's either laziness or stupidity. It's probably both. Maybe a little bit well, of both. it's probably more, uh, more stupidity. It's than definitely laziness. lack of discipline for sure. But what mm-hmm. makes you have lack of discipline is either laziness or stupidity. I'll give it. I'm not s- picking I'll on you, it. dude. There's so yeah. many people that don't fucking... No, my, uh, my, uh, my four ball partner's dad always yelled. He's like, eat something. I I caddied for him. And his dad's like, Hey, you're caddying for him. You got to make him eat. He never, he never eats. Listen, you, you have to force yourself to eat. Cause when you're in the zone, when you're playing tournament golf, like you're not thinking about eating. Correct. You're just not like, you're not hungry. You're it's, have you, has anybody ever gotten hungry during sex? Like for some reason, you just don't get hungry during sex, right? I mean, have you ever just craved like, no. like, uh, like an apple when you're banging a chick, dude? Have you ever? Has that ever happened? No. 
nope, that, that's kind of what it's like to play golf. Like you're in that zone. You like, know what man, I mean? I use some, some Taco Bell right now. No, you would never <laughs> think that, dude. And it's kind of, I mean, it's funny. Um, hopefully some people listening to this are laughing right now. But and I'm not saying that golf is orgasmic like sex is. But when you're in the when you're in the middle of sex and I'm talking about like the middle of it to where you're just you know, you're both kind of just doing your thing. You know what I mean? You're not thinking about food. Like you're thinking about what's going to happen in about 10 minutes. Like, you know, where is she going to be at? Where am I going to be at? What position? We, I mean, like you're playing in your moves like chess. That's all that it, that's it is for me anyway. But during sex itself is a lot like playing tournament golf. Like you're just zoned in what's going on. You're just super focused. You probably got the same face. Just like it's like half mean, half focused, half happy. It's like three halves. But you're, you're definitely not thinking about things that you, I mean, when, sometimes when I get done having sex and this might be TMI, but I am yeah, like super thirsty. I'm like, someone just doused me. Like, like I just want, like I want someone to come out of the closet with like a big old bucket of Gatorade and like shower me with it. Like I just won the national championship. You know what Mark I mean? Kelly might be in there. He's not in my closet. He might be in your closet, bro. That's, that sounds like something a Browns player would do. No, no R. Kelly in there. All jokes aside, though, you should you should you should be super disciplined enough to make yourself drink and make yourself eat because you're not going to be thinking about it. You're you. It's not enough just to bring it like you have to make yourself eat it. You have to make yourself drink. You have to. You're at a disadvantage if you don't, because I'll be honest with you. Everybody's built different. If you're a 40 year old dude out there right now, and you're trying to compete against 22 year old guys. You have to maintain focus and energy, and it's going to be harder for you to do it because your metabolism's different than a 22 year old. It's bad enough. You already have to compete against the 22 year olds athleticism. Don't give them any more of advantages. Right. If anything, if you're 40 years old, you should have the maturity and the wherewithal to understand like, that's your advantage is your age. It shouldn't be a detriment. So something to think about anyway. I don't know. You, you have anything else to add to it? Nope. I kind of want Taco Bell now. I'm not even gonna lie. I might go get some Taco Bell now. I haven't eaten Taco Bell in a while. I try you not just, to eat junk. Do you eat junk food? Do you eat uh, shit food? Uh, time to time. I try not to. I try not to as well. well. I try not to as well. And, 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 and to say, I'll, 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 before we get out here, I'll end on this too. If, if, especially if you're getting ready for summer golf and you live in the South and it's probably like this for everywhere, try to drink a gallon of water a day. Don't just try to hydrate yourself two days before a tournament. You hydrate yourself three weeks before a tournament. Get your body used to drinking a bunch of water. Get your body used to eating a little bit all day long. I don't mean like a sandwich every two hours. I mean like a handful of peanuts every hour. Like get your body, the metabolism used to that. Like this is part of the preparation that goes into these events. If you want to compete, let's say you're a guy that's a scratch golfer, a plus handicap, plus one or two, but for whatever reason, you don't show up in these events. This could be something that's holding you back a little bit. Like the preparation doesn't start two days before the event. It starts months in advance, uh, months in advance to keep yeah. a journal, take little notes, see what works and what doesn't work for you. Anyway, I'm not a professional. I'm not a nutritionist. This is just my two cents from my experience and take it for what you will.
Yeah. Experience so, and listen to the people with experience. Right. And, and I, I would highly advise that too. go find yourself some podcasts out. There. There's a lot of really good ones that the people talk about this sort of stuff. People that are qualified to have these conversations and more in depth. We're just scratching the surface, but there's a lot to that. There's a lot to being to this side of preparation for, especially for tournament prep. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that pretty much covers it. Uh, you guys can follow us on clubhouse VIP POD clubhouse VIP pod. That's on Twitter. And on Instagram, you could subscribe to our YouTube right now. There are videos coming, guys. I'm having issues with the editing process. There's just some technical difficulties that are happening, but they are coming. I promise they are coming. Um, go ahead and subscribe and you'll be notified when we upload. And um, we have a giveaway right now. I think we have nine subscribers on YouTube killing it once we get to 14 the 14th subscriber is going to get a copy what was it again i don't remember oh uh, we can't forget the giveaway we're gonna have to look no it was it was video. um it was that pot movie what was it pineapple, pineapple express. express pineapple express Go. an autographed copy of pineapple express dvd that's in prox closet we're trying to what clean out prox closet no fight club was the 10th anniversary one that you wanted to keep okay so 14 subscriber is going to get mail. We're going to pay for the postage too. This is hundred percent free. Proke is going to sign the outside cover. We've already confirmed that the C, the, the DVD is in the case. It's a Blu-ray pineapple express is going to the 14th subscriber on YouTube. So jump on that. As soon as it happens, screenshot it to us, show us that you're the uh, 14th subscriber and message us on Twitter or on Instagram. Again, clubhouse VIP POD clubhouse VIP pod. And, um, hook us up with your address, mailing address, and we will have that out to you ASAP. Again, congratulations to TPC Chattanooga City match play champion, Michael Rogers, the best player in Chattanooga, Tennessee right now. Congratulations, sir. You got anything else, bro? No. All right. See you later, guys. You don't have to be a good golfer to be accepted in the group. What is the tallest mammal? It's either a giraffe or an elephant. I don't remember if a giraffe is a mammal. The new media is here to stay, and we're taking this thing over. You know why? Because people don't want to hear that old, dried up, tired stuff that you're talking about. Nobody want to hear that no more.